In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. One God. Amen. Christ is in our midst. Have you ever tried to take up a new sport? Baseball, golf, fishing, anything, mostly as an adult. Have you ever tried to do that? If you have, then think about what it takes to do that. You probably spent some time researching what you're about to do. So let's take, uh, let's take golf, for example. If you were going to take up golf as an adult, having never played and not knowing anything about it, you'd probably get a book on golf, maybe read about it, read about the sports history, read about kind of how, what the rules are, how the game is played in general, um, and, and have, have an idea of you know, what the different number clubs mean, or how to go from hole to hole, or what the scores mean, and all this stuff, right? What the purpose of the game is. You'd probably study it. And then you'd probably, like, go out and try to find somebody to teach you to do this. And, and eventually, like, you could watch all the golf on TV. You could watch... Jack Nicholas and Tiger Woods and all these great golfers and how they swing say like, okay, so to do the swing, you have to have your elbow this way and your hands this way. And you can study it for years. And then as soon as you pick up a club, like, you can't hit the ball, right? At some point, you have to go out and do it, right? And in doing it, eventually everything that you study will kind of start to make sense as your body puts into practice what's in your mind. And eventually, maybe you might need a teacher or an instructor who will help you hit the ball and get through the course and become a golfer. However good or bad, you can golf, right? Okay. The Orthodox faith is kind of like picking up a sport as an adult. There's a lot to be studied. There's a lot to read, there's a lot to look at, there's a lot to absorb. But eventually you have to really just do it. You have to really just live it. You know? Like, we can talk about it a lot, or we can just do it. If you listen to the Gospel, the lawyer, first of all, he made a mistake. The lawyer stood up to put Jesus to the test. Bad move. <laughs> Testing the wrong guy. But Jesus is patient with him. He says, what must I do to be saved? Good question. And Jesus says, well, what do you read in the law? And the lawyer responds, thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. So he had studied the law with his mind, right? He had the knowledge here. And Jesus says, do this, do this, and you will live. And then the lawyer's feeling really good about himself. He's going to try to sound smart and maybe uh, uh, stump Jesus. And he says, well, who is my neighbor? Trying to be really fancy with this. And then the Lord gives us the parable of the Good Samaritan. And at the end, Christ says, so who was neighborly? He says, well, the man who took care of the victim, right? And Jesus says again, go and do likewise. 
Do likewise. Don't just think about this and enjoy this nice story. Go and do it. Be merciful. Be loving. Love the Lord your God. Love your neighbor as yourself. We have to, as the saying goes, put the rubber to the road. We can study cars and build a car in the garage, but it doesn't do us any good if we don't drive it. We have to do it. And today we have a saint that we're celebrating who really lived the faith. St. John Chrysostom. He is commemorated as one of the holy hierarchs, along with St. Basil the Great and Gregory the Theologian. They're commemorated as the holy hierarchs and ecumenical teachers, teachers of the whole church. St. John Chrysostom died at a relatively young age in his mid-50s. And he died while he was exiled. But one of the reasons why he died was health problems due to severe fasting when he was younger. Now, St. John Chrysostom grew up, he was not a Christian from his birth but he was actually baptized as a young man after studying philosophy and rhetoric. He had a great secular education, but he was called to Christ. He was called to love Christ. And so St. John ended up converting, being baptized. He became a monk. He is probably the greatest interpreter of Scripture the church has ever seen. He's left us volumes of interpretations on various books of the Bible. The Gospels of Matthew and John, the book of Genesis, the book of the Psalms, all of the epistles of St. Paul. He has left us so many homilies, and oftentimes his homilies will focus on one phrase out of one verse. Some homilies will go through many verses or a chapter or something, but the bulk of his homilies will often take one phrase and he'll extrapolate on that. And it's really beautiful. He also left us with one of the divine liturgies. The liturgy that we celebrate today, the liturgy that we celebrate most Sundays of the year. We call it the liturgy of St. John Chrysostom. On special feast days, like Christmas or Theophany or Pascha, we'll celebrate a liturgy of St. Basil, like in the evening before the feast. And then the day of the feast, the liturgy of St. John Chrysostom. St. John Chrysostom and St. Basil took the liturgy of St. James that was in existence from the time of the apostles, um, and they, they abbreviated it a little bit. And so St. John Chrysostom, for all of his eloquence, he actually had the gift of brevity when it came to composing these prayers uh, of the anaphora that we say when we consecrate the gifts. If you look in my, in my service book, um, when we get to the part after the great entrance, there are two, two columns. One has the prayers of St. John Chrysostom, one the prayers of St. Basil. So I go through each column depending on which liturgy we are called to serve. St. John Chrysostom is also in the icon, uh, any icon of heaven, where all the saints are depicted in heaven. St. John Chrysostom is with St. Basil, and they're in the altar. They're close to the throne of God. St. John Chrysostom is one of the greatest saints that we have in the church, and this is shown by a multitude of miracles. His relics, for example, are incorrupt. His right hand is at the monastery of Philotheu on Mount Athos, 
And it's, it's like this in the form of a blessing. His hand is still like this. His skull is incorrupt and his right ear is still attached to his skull. And the reason is because St. John Chrysostom loved St. Paul and he interpreted, he, he didn't interpret, he explained all of St. Paul's epistles to the church. And one night, St. John's cell attendant kind of peeked in his room while St. John was working. And he saw a man standing next to St. John talking in his right ear. Next day, a couple days later, the cell attendant asked him, you know, Father John, who, who was that that was talking to you in your cell the other night? He said, there is nobody in my cell. And then they go into the church and, and um, the cell attendant sees an icon of St. Paul. He's like, that was the man. That was the man that I saw. So St. Paul was in St. John's cell, whispering into his ear, telling him what his epistles mean. Okay? And so that ear is still incorrupt. You can look it up. You can Google a picture of, of his incorrupt skull and you'll see a picture of the ear there. It's really amazing. But St. John's knowledge of the Scriptures, his love of the Scriptures cannot be understated. While he was a monk, he devoted himself to studying the Scriptures. He knew them inside and out. He also devoted himself to the ascetical practices of the church, prayer and fasting and repentance. And so when it came time for him to preach, yes, he was very eloquent, but his messages were full of life-giving words because he had a foundation on which to build. He was not just giving his own opinions or ideas of what the Scriptures meant when he was preaching. He was preaching based on revelation, based on an experience of the living God and the saints. And brothers and sisters, this is the point that I want to make. Sometimes we come across a saint like St. John Chrysostom and say like, that's not for me. I'm not the one who's going to interpret all these, all these books of the Bible and give all these eloquent homilies and be labeled the golden mouth. That's what Chrysostom means. It's not his last name. That's his nickname, Chrysostom, the golden mouth. That's not me. That's what we'll say. Oh, well, maybe somebody else. Like, we need to strive for this and know that this really is possible. Our gift might not be the gift of eloquence and scriptural exegesis like St. John, right? But we have other gifts, but the foundation is the same. The foundation of prayer and fasting and reading the Scriptures is the same for everybody. And we can think about what we want to do or, or think about the beauty of the faith and think, I'm Orthodox, and just think it, think it, think it, but unless we do it, it won't do us any good. Unless we go out and do Orthodoxy, be Orthodox, live Orthodoxy, then we'll be just like the lawyer, caught up in our heads, making, relegating our spirituality into a mental exercise. But in the Orthodox Church, our Orthodox faith is not a mental exercise. When we say, I believe, I believe means 
I give my life and I do. It, yes, we agree mentally, but we also back it up with our life. This is what St. John did. St. John lived a life, a severe, austere life of asceticism and love and dedication to the Lord. And he was rewarded with the gift of eloquence and with the gift of knowledge. And through this, he taught, he has taught millions of people throughout the ages because his homilies were so good, people were writing them down. He couldn't just record them, you know, on his cell phone or something. People were writing them down. And now they have been translated into a multitude of languages and they have taught the church and left us with riches of knowledge and have left us with basically a roadmap, a roadmap to the fullness of the knowledge of God. St. John was a monk. He was a monk who practiced prayer and fasting and repentance. And he read his Bible. Each and every one of us, we don't have to be a monk to do these things. But each and every one of us has these tools available to us. And whatever God does with our work, with our efforts, so be it. May it be blessed. We don't have to be a golden mouth, but we should strive to be a golden life. A golden life. By the prayers of our Holy Father, John Chrysostom, O Lord Jesus Christ our God, have mercy on us and save us. Amen. Christ is in our midst.